You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i hope you guys are having a wonderful night and thank you so much for tuning in and supporting all that we're doing here on the podcast it's uh been amazing you guys have been amazing out there uh checking us out and subscribing and downloading and um it's just a real real pleasure uh of course i'm your host brent thomas this is the paranormal portal podcast and uh once again special thanks to revolver podcast for making all this possible Let's see what we got pulled up for you tonight. I've got uh, several. So out of Michigan, there are some skeptics who will probably read this, and, but I guarantee it on my life that my experiences were very real and forever cemented my belief in spirits and in the, in the afterlife. I never believed in ghosts until my family moved into a, a very nearly condemned house. You know, fixer upper, big city, very little money. You know the deal. Well, we didn't know that there had been a murder in that house until after we moved away. Oh, man. Yeah, that can sometimes be a catalyst for a lot of paranormal activity. Um, certain events, of course, it doesn't it's not necessary for there to be some extraordinarily traumatic thing happening for there to be a haunting. But there are some acts, and, and a murder specifically is such a, a violation of natural law. Um, not that there aren't justifiable homicides and stuff, don't get me wrong, but I mean, there are times when you have to defend yourself. It's, you know, um, either you or them, the, the choice has to be clear, but, um, just in the natural, uh, flow of things, of course, taking another life is a, is a very serious thing and leaves a really huge psychic imprint. And so, uh, the fact that there would be paranormal activity following a murder is, you know, almost a given. I mean, really. 
there's there's just so much turmoil and uh, pain and and confusion and and uh, panic. <clears throat> so so anyway, uh, it took almost two years of continuous work, but we made the house beautiful. It was a big house, and we were renting uh, for next to nothing because our landlady lived right next door. But it was nowhere close to perfect. Even though it was a big house, the setup wasn't that great. My sister and I had to share a room, and my other sister got to sleep in the basement, although how she did it after what started happening, I have no idea. My brother got his own room for a while, and my parents shared a room, obviously. (laughs) Well, after a while, we loved the house, and it was bright and had lots of windows, perfect for heating and cooling, and we had a huge living room, a huge dining room, and a huge kitchen. It was perfect for our huge family. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Everything was perfectly normal until we cut down the giant pine tree in the backyard. I don't know why, but I think that unsettled whatever spirits were there. I've learned since then that spirits don't like change in their environment. Some uh, really unexplainable things started happening. Weird things that I could only categorize as paranormal. This wasn't the first time I had encountered the paranormal activity, in another house we used to live in, I, uh, we could hear the spirit of an old man walking around at night, almost as if he were on patrol. I remember one time I had gotten a balloon and drew a face on it with a marker. As the helium started leaking out of it, it didn't sink to the floor like a normal balloon would. It seemed to be caught in the middle. It drifted from room to room. The face is always pointing forward. We tried pushing it to the ceiling and to the floor, but it stayed right there in the middle, drifting to each room for a couple of days until we finally found it on the floor next to the couch. We moved not too long after that. Me and my sister, like I said before, shared a room. It was very easy to hear voices carry up the staircase, seeing as we were right off of the landing, but sometimes we would hear someone call my name from downstairs and no one was down there. I never really felt frightened, but I was really curious and a bit confused. At first, you try to dismiss the voices carrying up the stairs. You you find normal excuses. Mostly, you can blame it on your imagination, but that only goes so far. The reality was, someone was calling my name when nobody else was home. The next instance was, was the one night my sister was already sound asleep. But I was really having trouble getting to sleep because I had an uneasy feeling. This would be an experience I couldn't blame on my imagination. I felt the force bear down on me while I was trying to sleep. A heavy breathing filled the room and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. But a minute later it passed. It was around that time I realized whatever was inhabiting that house had singled me out personally. The thing had never called my sister's name, even though she was hearing the same voice. It had progressed, so now not only did it sound like someone was calling my name from down the stairs, but right outside my door and sometimes right behind me. After I got finished with school one day, it just so happened I was home alone for about an hour, and I decided to play with our new computer, and this was only the second computer we ever had, And this was one was far better, the one before it, uh, far better than the one before it. It was a Christmas present, and it only it was 
and it only being February, there were still things we hadn't discovered yet. I found out that we had a voice recorder, so just experimenting, I let it run the entire time through without saying anything. I wanted to know what it would sound like if it would just let the recorder run. While playing it back normal, I heard something that I knew I hadn't heard while it was recording. There was no noise made during that time, not even a squeak from the chair. My bird was even unusually silent, uh, which is strange because usually she whistled like a maniac whenever she knew there was someone within earshot. Well, the house was, the noise was almost indecipherable, but uh, hearing it a couple of times through, it sounded like a cry for help. What was exactly said was, no, don't. And it was a very pitiful sound of someone wailing, especially if you can't identify who or what that someone was. As soon as someone got home, I let them listen to it, and they just brushed it off saying that it was an effect from the computer or that it could have been a car driving past. And But how can they explain the unmistakable sound of someone, a woman nonetheless, saying, no, don't? And our house is absolutely silent, unless windows are open. We were set back far enough from the road to where we couldn't hear the cars if all the windows and doors were closed. And being February, they were. My mom said it could have been a heat vent, but since when do heat vents talk? (laughs) I recorded in complete silence. Nothing could disprove the existence of that voice on my computer. Of course... I saved it and tried to record it in total silence again, but it was a rare afternoon that I got alone. With six people in your family, hardly a moment goes by when at least one person isn't home. Finally, after all of that, I saw her. I knew it was a girl or a woman because whenever we heard someone call our names, it was a woman's voice, and I had recorded a woman's voice and I'd gone to the basement to put a load of laundry into the washer, and my sister's basement room was right next to the laundry room, and there was no wall that separated it, only a long table and a, cha- and a chair move against the washer. And when you're looking straight at the washer, or in my case, in it, you can see the chair slightly out of the corner of your eye. I bent down to pick up some more clothes from the basket I had brought down, and when I straightened... I saw out of the corner of my eye a figure that hadn't been there a second ago sitting in that chair. As soon as I looked directly at the chair, there was nothing there. It didn't take but half a second, but her image was burned into my memory forever. She had long dark hair, very straight, ending near the middle of her back, wearing a red v-neck shirt that was form-fitting and a black skirt that seemed to be made of leather, ending right above her knee. She was light-skinned and fairly modern-looking, and I hear a lot about hauntings by spirits that had died hundreds of years ago, but not her. She had to have died within the last ten years. The funny thing about seeing her, though, is her image was burned, blurred, rather, but her face is even more so. I could tell exactly what kind of clothes she was wearing, but I couldn't tell anything about her face because it was so blurred. One night, my sister was having a get-together with a bunch of her friends, and my mom had just bought a, a digital camera to go with our new computer, and it was a new toy that we all started taking pictures with, and we took a whole bunch of group shots, funny poses, and I remember 
We only took 21 shots because it was one who took, I was the one who took most of the pictures. My mom loaded the pictures into the computer and there in between the frames 17 and 18 with no number attached to it was a girl with long dark hair, a red shirt and a black skirt sitting on the couch looking straight forward. We caught her profile and she looked exactly the same as when she was in the basement. I recognized her instantly. It was an odd picture because the entire frame was out of focus and she was faintly outlined. Her feet seemed to disappear and let me say it scared the heck out of every girl at the party. Also, no one was wearing a red shirt, not even my brother. It had to be Christy. Christy was the nickname I gave her for unexplained reasons. It was just a name that popped into my head one day, and that was her name. It wasn't too long after the discovery of Christy that we decided to sell our new beautiful house and find somewhere bigger. <clears throat> Excuse me. About a week after our move, my mom came to me with a newspaper clipping from 1993, and all she did was apologize for not believing me and asked me to read it. It turns out a girl, about 17 years old, only a few months older than me, was murdered by her drunken father over an undisclosed altercation in our house. She had been shot in the face with a shotgun, and I kid you not, the picture in the paper was a school photo. She had long, dark hair, and a red V-neck shirt. If the picture were bigger, I would have bet money that she had a black leather skirt. Her name was Tiffany Catherine Postel. I just wish there had been a way that I could have helped her. She targeted me, not in a mean-spirited way, but almost as if she were crying for help. And I was the only one asking. She was asking. If there was a way I could go back there, I would. Wow, and that's really cool. So I don't know where you got Christy from, but that's still a, a very cool story. Um, and, and oftentimes that can be the case. It's not, not always the case, but there always seems to be one person that is most affected by hauntings. And for whatever reason, um, I don't know, it must, maybe it had something to do with that person. That person reminded the spirit of someone um, and it was this story was written by a female, um, so perhaps she'd look like a friend, and maybe that's what the spirit needed—some kind of friend, some kind of closure, so it could move on, so she could move on. I don't mean to ever mischaracterize spirits as it. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey, guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal podcast. 
Thank you so much for all that you do, and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in the next one this one's coming from south carolina and it has to do with ouija boards one topic that seems to come up over and over and over in hauntings is ouija boards of course um i uh, i've said it many times on the show and i and i I believe this wholeheartedly. I don't think that Ouija boards in and of themselves are evil, maniacal things or tricks of the devil and stuff like that. I don't, I don't buy into all that. I think that they can be used responsibly and, and perhaps even successfully. But I think that there is a methodology to that that most people don't know about. And uh, oftentimes people are using them and, and they get spooked and quit and throw it in a box and they never really close the session. You never, they never shut it down. So it can act as a portal and, uh, many things can come in that way in my opinion. Um, but it's a tool of divination and, uh, any kind of divination does have a protocol. It does have ways that you open a, a divination and there's ways to close a divination. In my opinion is you don't open, open a portal that you don't know how to close. So, <clears throat> if you're not clear on what those are, definitely do some research before you start playing with things like that because, you know, 90% of the time nothing will happen. It'll just be a fun little, you know, game that, um, you know, people will be accusing each other of moving the, the thing and a few laughs and a little creepiness and then it's done. But there's another percentage of time that something very b bizarre and profound does happen. And if that is the case... You know, you got to know how to handle it. <laughs> People just dabbling in summoning spirits is, is never a good thing. <laughs> you should never dabble with, with spirits in that way. Um, and I'm not trying to spook anybody. I'm not trying to, you know, put anybody off of the idea. But what I'm saying is whenever you are entering into a communication with, with another force, another kind of, of life, you should know what you're doing. It's like you, you know, you wouldn't carry a hamburger into a wolf den, you know, because you're probably going to get mauled. There's ways to successfully feed wild animals. Um, and, you know, the same thing goes. It's another kind of life. And I think that a lot of times people probably make the, the spirits maybe feel disrespected. And I think that that tends to be uh, uh, a lot of reason why they, you know, they they get fed up and start moving stuff and start freaking people out is because, you know, who wants to be laughed at, you know, and mocked and made fun of and stuff. So, um, but just my opinions, just throwing them out there as I think of them, because I got a microphone and you guys get to hear whatever goes through my head. <laughs> I hope that's not always a bad thing. So anyway, um, this is South Carolina it has to do with a Ouija board. Two days ago, me and my friend named Sarah found a Ouija board at her grandma's house. 
Sarah had asked her Nana whether she owned a Ouija board, and her Nana said no. So me and Sarah showed her the the showed her Nana the Ouija board, and she asked, and we asked her Nana if we could bring it back to Sarah's house since I was spending the night, and her Nana said, "Yeah, sure." Sarah and I then put the board onto the back of her car, and when we left, we all got giddy and excited. When Sarah and I got to her house, we pulled the Ouija board out of the back and of the car and brought it into the house, and I was getting anxious because I wanted to use it already. And Sarah wanted to wait, but I didn't really care. I called Stevie, Sarah's brother, over uh, to the open Ouija board box, and we kept looking for a better description of it and how it works, but we couldn't find out anything except for the instructions and the maker. William Fold. I guess William Fold made it. I don't know. <clears throat> Never looked. <laughs> I don't know. Stevie and I stopped caring, though, so we just grabbed the glass because it didn't have a pointer and put it on the, onto the word Ouija, and we went into Sarah's room and started with the question, is there anybody on or around this plot of land? If there is, please move the cup to yes. We felt a slight shift, but it wouldn't really fully move, so... Steve and I waited for five minutes, then eventually we gave up. We brought the Ouija board into the computer living room where Sarah was sitting, and I asked Sarah if she wanted to try it, and she said, sure. She turned around and put her knee next to mine, and we put our hands on the cup, and I opened up with the question I had asked earlier. The cup went straight to yes. It turns out his name was actually George Michael Samuels, and he died when he was 57 years old in the same neighborhood we were in. Both Sarah and I kept talking to him until like 2 in the morning, but then we had to let him go because it was get, he was getting mad. The next day we pulled him back and we started talking to him and we eventually pieced things together and began to make him realize something. I can't tell you though because it was very heartbreaking to him. Well, it turns out he was murdered stabbed in the heart, and we're still trying to make him realize it, but he's always wanting to pull the cup towards goodbye. We want him to know he died, how he died, because it seems to be what's holding him back in life. I hope he founds out, finds out and eventually accepts it. Well, that's not a horror story, at least. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just a story, I guess. <clears throat> I was waiting for, <laughs> and then the scratches started. <laughs> All right, so the next one is coming out of Washington. My friend and I moved into our apartment in Spokane. Hey, that's just a, hour and, a little over an hour away from me. And we were really excited about it. It was a historic building built in 1904 and was one of the first hotels in town. It had been bought by a company who restored it, and we loved living in a building over 100 years old. For the first few months, we didn't notice anything out of the ordinary, but then one day, my roommate told me that she had something weird happen. She said that she had laid down in bed and felt someone shaking her. Her room had no windows, and so she frantically turned the light on, and nothing was there. We brought up the possibility of a ghost, but I remember that she has a history of being a very deep sleeper, and often has vivid dreams. I was sure she was just dreaming and left it at that, and I'd slept in her room a few times before since it was so dark, and 
hadn't really had any problems at all. A few months later, I decided to take a nap in her room since my room was really bright, and I laid down and fell asleep. I awoke to a heavy weight bearing down on my chest and shoulders and someone whispering in my ear. I couldn't make out what they were saying, only a few words here and there. I was able to move and jumped, uh, jumped awake, absolutely terrified, and turn on the light. Nothing. I'm pretty skeptical and just figured that although I hadn't ever had an experience like that, it must have been a dream. I laid back down and fell asleep again. I was awoken again by the same thing not long after, the same pressure on my chest and whispering. I could make out the word you, and, and it was being said frequently, but I couldn't catch the rest. I jumped up again and turned on the light, and once again, nothing was there. I was a little more scared by this time, and, but I really wanted to believe it was just a dream, so I nervously made myself get back in bed and fall asleep. Not long after that, I woke up to the pressure on my shoulders and the whispering, only this time it was angrier and louder. I flew out of bed and vowed to never again sleep in her room. I was troubled by this and talked to my roommate, and we both weren't sure what to do, but she didn't seem afraid, so she continued to sleep in her room. For the most part, she never had issues. Not long after, she said that she had gotten into bed again, and she heard a loud hissing and something shoved her in bed. She was so afraid she slept on the couch. One day I was cleaning my room and had my bedroom door open, and it was in the summer and our, and our apartment didn't have air conditioning, so all the windows were open and I was folding clothes on my bed and saw a man in an old, dark, heavy coat standing in my doorway. I was so scared that I screamed, but he disappeared in an instant. And I ran to the hall, wondering if someone had climbed through the window, and no one was there. I searched the apartment, and nothing. I thought it was odd, because he was wearing such heavy clothing on such a warm day, and noticed that he had disappeared right before my eyes. I suddenly thought, wow, maybe it was a ghost. The last time I had a strange encounter was a few months later, and I had just gotten a dog. He was a sweet stray that I couldn't say no to, and... He liked to sleep in my room by my bed. I woke up in the middle of the night for some reason and saw my dog alert and looking in the doorway. I looked in the doorway and saw a dark figure of a man also looking like he was wearing heavy clothes. Then he was gone. I woke up my friend who was staying over and we once again looked around for any sign of an intruder but not surprisingly we didn't find anything. That was the last my roommate or I ever had anything out of the ordinary happen. I've told a few people, and they all seem to believe that the dog scared our ghost off. I don't know for sure what happened, but all I do know is that it was really, really spooky. Like I said, I've never been a big believer and certainly never thought that I'd experience anything like this. I can't explain it and would like to believe that I'm not seeing things and that I'm not crazy especially since it's never been a problem in my 25 years until that moving into that apartment. We moved out a few months later, uh, a few months ago rather, and someone else has moved in and I drove by the other day and wondered if they would ever have any similar problems. Might have just been you, you might have been the trigger. 
Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. All right, everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal podcast. Buckle up. We're going in. The next one is from California. Sound like someone was talking at the same time I was. It wasn't the ghost box, though. Nothing went on. This occurred 15 years ago in Oakland. My boyfriend and I bought a set of a used oak desk and we're bringing it home on a flatbed trailer when one of our tires blew out. We thought nothing of the tire blowout at the time and we were in the process of moving into a new apartment and we're setting up house when we finally got home with the desk, we put it next to our bed. The ensuing three months, my boyfriend complained that aliens were watching him. He said this almost every day and I ignored this complaint because I thought it was just the stress he was under. Finally, on the night of January 1st, I woke up and looked at my desk and saw an apparition of a man sitting there looking back at me. I thought it was a, some kind of hallucination or some trick uh, of the light, so I blinked and tried to focus my eyes, and the apparition remained. He wore round glasses, he had bangs that were cut straight across, and he looked to be in his 20s or something, and was transparent and colorless, though I could tell that his hair was blonde to light brown. The apparition lasted probably about five seconds when he finally vanished before my eyes. I felt a very tall presence standing beside the bed. Then the name Ray came into my head for no reason. I didn't feel afraid during the entire incident, and while I was still lying awake trying to figure out what to do, my boyfriend woke up and immediately said, Damn it, I really feel like there are aliens watching me right now. And that's what I told him we needed to talk. After the initial sighting, we kept the desk for three more months. The desk always made loud crackling noises. and uh, I began to attribute these noises to the ghost. We were both pretty uncomfortable and couldn't sleep after what I saw and we finally got rid of the desk and moved to a different apartment, which solved the aliens watching me problem once and for all. And we actually sold the desk for a profit, something I've always felt guilty about. <laughs> and there it is again, ladies and gentlemen. Be careful what you bring into your house, especially if it's antiques. Now, it's again, it's a very rare thing, but objects can hold, hold attachments. Uh, there can be spirits attached to objects. Now, this desk could have been a, a very important desk for this person. Maybe he was a writer. Maybe he was a, uh, an accountant or something. You don't know. But uh, the point being that um, for some reason that energy was probably attached to the desk. And it doesn't have to do with the location. So when the desk was moved, the attachment moves. And uh, hopefully the new owner <laughs> hasn't had the same problems. There are ways to cleanse items. Um, look into w the way to do that. It depends. Uh, there's a lot of different methods. And so 
I'm not going to go into how to cleanse objects, but the internet is full of great, uh, great information and ideas of how to do it. Find something that resonates with your belief system, and I'm sure it'll be just fine. And if not, then call someone. <laughs> Let me know, and I'll get you in touch with someone. Next one's coming out of Tennessee, and this one's uh, much quicker, much shorter. Yeah, those few stories took, took a bunch of time. All throughout my life, I've always seen things right when I turn around. They were not normal. I never really mentioned anything to anyone about this. I just, just recently was the first time I had mentioned it. And I was at my friend's house, and we were playing a card game. And I turned around to look at the TV, and when I turned back around, I saw this black image like it was just a blur. I could tell it had a head, but I, uh, but I could tell, I, I couldn't tell. I, I didn't write this right. I couldn't tell if it was touching the ground or not. This is just one of the many times that this has happened. I never typically get a good look uh, at what it is. It really kind of freaks me out, but it doesn't actually scare me. It's just really odd. One of the best images I've gotten of what this was when I was outside shooting basketball, and I turned around to look at my neighbor's yard, and I saw this image. And I could tell it was a man, and he was tall and had a, a white robe on, long brown hair, and when I see these images, I don't know if I should be afraid or if it really matters or not. When these images appear, they come at random. I will only see them in, in black or white. They never come when it's, when it's loud or when I'm doing anything important. Uh, I just really don't know what to think about it, and I'm not sure if they are watching me, and if they are, how long they have been watching me. One more thing, it seems like when I'm going to bed, it feels like there is someone there with me, and I don't know if that would pertain to this also. Now, I think this person probably has um, has abilities, uh, and and the turning around point is when probably when their focus is the most open. And um, I, I think for any psychic, part of part of the part of the process is you have to have a certain frame of mind. I mean, things may still come from time to time by themselves, but I think. When when psychics are truly trying to focus on something, they have to open themselves up for whatever that is to come in and they can interpret it and tell people about it. Um, so perhaps when this person is turning around, in just that brief moment, their mind is the most open. It's not directly focused on something. Um, they're just just open to perceive whatever's there. And so when they do... They get this really broad image that then narrows in because their consciousness doesn't remain open enough to continue viewing it. So um, that's what occurs to me as I'm reading this. Um, I, you know, of course I can't say for sure, but those are those are my two cents on the idea. Um, I think it's it's a cool thing, and it sounds like that person could probably become a pretty talented psychic with a little bit of work. All right. And the same thing is true for a lot of, a lot of people become aware of hauntings by seeing things out of the corner of their eyes, like shadows moving or, you know, things happening just out of focus. And then, of course, when they turn, 
they don't see it because, you know, and I think it has to do with, the, again, the mindset. Having an open uh, state of being or a more focused, narrow state of being. And so that just seems to make sense to me. I don't know what you guys think, but I'm just throwing it out there. This one's coming out of North Carolina again. My name is Rosa, and I live in North Carolina, and I'm, I'm currently 16 years old. And the house that my family lives in, we've lived there for four years. Weird things have been happening. It was a hot summer day back when I was, when I was 14. Oh, no, yeah, two years ago then. Uh, it was a late at night, and my brother was on the floor sleeping, so I got up and put him in the bed. And when I carried him, I saw this lady by the bathroom door. I was scared out of my head. I thought I was just seeing things, and I was just looking at her, and she was just staring hard at me. I don't know how to react, so I just turned around to look away, and then I turned back to see if she was there, and she was gone. She was wearing a white long dress, dark, dark black hair, pale, and that was my first experience. A month later, my dad said that he saw the bathroom trash can move. Later that same day, my aunt had visited us, and she had come from California. And I was sitting across from her, and I was beside my dad, and I saw the plate move. I thought it was just me again, but my dad said he saw it as well. We were freaked out, but we just let it go. My dad one day left to go to Mexico for an emergency, so my mother and I were home alone uh, in, my, in, in the room, and I was, it was around 3 o'clock in the morning, and I swear I heard someone open the main door of our house and hear big feet, footsteps as if he or she was wearing boots. I was scared and thought my dad had come home or if he forgot something or if someone came into our house to rob us. And then I heard him or her sit down on the couch and that couch squeaks every time you sit down. Well, it squeaked and then he or she got up and walked down the hallway. I was so terrified. I was too scared to move. Then he stopped at my bedroom door and then kept walking. Later this ghost went to my sister's room and then disappeared. I didn't hear any more noises. I was scared and woke up my mom and we looked everywhere, but there was nothing in our house. My mom says that she hears boots or heavy footsteps in our house back when my dad used to go to work around four in the morning. About a month ago, about a month ago, me and my sisters were home alone. So we were just sitting on our sofa watching the television when we heard uh, as if someone wanted to open the door, but it was no one because we looked out our window. Then the spoons and the pan fell, and we thought it was because we had just finished washing dishes. Then as soon as they fell, the TV turned off and on. I knew it wasn't on a timer because if you put it on the timer, it wouldn't just turn on again. Then I told my dad and mom, but they didn't believe me, and then a few minutes later, the TV turned off and on again. They thought it was because the power went out, but I told them no, because the computer didn't shut down or restart. Last summer, my dad and I, and my other sister and brother, went to Mexico for vacation. My mom's sister and baby sister were home by themselves. 
and said that they heard someone knocking on the door, but that it was nobody because they looked out the window. She said they kept knocking, but they didn't open the door because they didn't see anyone there. My mom said that it wasn't the first time that this had happened. Well, last week I went to the restroom and I saw the curtains move and then the toilet paper fell. It was odd. I just went to the bathroom and couldn't go to sleep. Or I just went to the bedroom and couldn't go to sleep. Um, all I know is that it's a spirit or a ghost. I don't think it wants to do anything bad. Hopefully not. But what do y'all think? The only thing that really freaked me out was the man sounded like it because of its heavy boots. And lately, nothing has happened. Now, some hauntings are, 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 are activities. I can't even always say hauntings. I mean, they're just, they're just a presence. I, I, I consider a haunting like when things are really going wacky and, and, you know, a lot of really scary things happening. But some, some activities like this are, are only, um, for lack of a better word, seasonal. Like uh, the Victorian house that I lived in where I saw the chandelier fall, um, most, most of the year it was really very quiet and peaceful. Um, but it was certain times of the year that I noticed activity picking up more than other times. And, and why that is, I, I can't begin to know it. Could it be something to do with the whole, you know, seasons and the, and the thickness of the veil between this world and the next? I don't know. It's, it's all, it's all on the table, I guess. It could be anything, but very strange. And this one's coming from Alaska. Tuesday night, about 10 years ago, <laughs> Tuesday night, about 10 years ago, me and my mom, Melanie and Grandma, Julie and Julie, were driving in Kenai, K-E-N-A-I. It was pitch black and raining really hard, and we saw a woman with black hair hitchhiking. So we picked her up. What was so strange about it all was that she didn't say anything the entire time. She just pointed and nodded. She pointed to the house she wanted to go to, and we dropped her off, and as soon as she got out, I looked back, and she wasn't there. There were no lights on in the house at all. She just disappeared. The house was a little familiar. It looked a lot like my house, and then it dawned on me that was my house. <laughs> so I told my mom, and we got so freaked out and went to the police, and my mom told them, what had happened, so they said that it must have been some of my friends from school pranking us. The next night, I saw a woman standing in my bedroom doorway, so I screamed. My mom came rushing in the door, and she walked right through the woman, and then the woman disappeared. I told my mom what had happened, so she decided to call a priest. When he came over, he said he was going to do a reading on the house, and when he was finished, he said... We had three entities in and around our house. He said that one of them was evil, and the other two were good. He said the spirits were all sisters, including the woman hitchhiker and the woman in my doorway. So we helped them find the light, and they went to heaven. Well, that's a good ending. I guess that's, uh, that's a, good, <laughs> a good note to uh, end the show on, right? And they all lived happily ever after. The end. <laughs> All right.
right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormalportalradio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at paranormalportal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our, uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the paranormal portal. So I hope you'll check it, uh, check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash paranormal portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>